Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech Podcast. My guest today is Tara Scheimer. Uh, she's the founder and CEO of Keto Baking Co. So, Tara, how are you doing? I'm good. Thanks, Richard. How are you? Good, good. Yeah. So, tell me the story of uh, Keto Baking Co. How did it come about? And, you know, then we'll get into what you do right now. Sure. Um, so, I have always, like, my whole life, I've always, um, we kind of play around a round table, my family and I, uh, of inventions and businesses we want to business ideas we have it's always been something that um even when i was a child uh i was you know allowed to participate in it would be like the thanksgiving dinner table and that's what we'd be talking about um so i always knew i was going to start a business i wasn't sure um always what it would be but i have always gravitated toward nutrition and um, as Mm -hmm. a alternative career and, uh, and also, you know, just as biohacking for myself um, to try and be the healthiest I can be and increase longevity and all that sort of thing. So I stumbled upon the ketogenic diet about three and a half years ago, a little longer than that. And um, I was astounded by how much uh, credibility it already had uh, medically and scientifically speaking. So I jumped right in and I uh, haven't looked back um, from that and from the passion that I've gained um, overseeing it, you know, profoundly transform my life as well as others. How long have you been doing the diet personally and what, what changes have you experienced personally? Uh, so did you say how have I been doing the diet? Personally, how long? How yeah? How long? And have then you what? Been doing what changes what you... have I experienced? Oh, long. Okay, right. yeah, three and a half years. It's been. Um, I've never felt the need to stray, um, and I don't say that necessarily to gloat. It's more for the sake of anyone who, any listener who thinks that it's too difficult. Um, you know, I like to say that, but I've never felt the need. And so I always hope for other people that want to make this a lifestyle change that they don't feel that either. Um, I, I guess, so for the last three and a half years, I've, um, the benefits that I've seen have undulated a bit, but not, not so, most of them have not, most of them have been consistent. And the main one being, uh, the cognitive, um, cognitive function being, you know, just, I feel like my brain, it fires on all cylinders most of the time. I want to say, you know, Mm -hmm. 80% of the time, unless I, unless I don't get enough sleep um, or I'm too stressed out. Uh, So yeah, that's, that's been like, that was kind of the hook, you know, for me, because the first, um, I want to say nine months of doing the diet, I didn't see any other um, profound changes. I think my body had a lot of healing to do. Um, but after nine months, suddenly things began to change in terms of, um, my physicality, my, my body composition, um, things like, uh, my inflammation markers, insulin resistance reversed, um, uh, just sustained energy. My muscles seemed to recover quicker from after, you know, working out in the gym. Um, did you get any, uh, and, did you get blood work done to mark your progress? 
Oh, lots of blood work. The unfortunate thing is that I don't have a lot of blood work from pre-keto. I got into blood work, um, you know, quickly after keto. So I have lots of, I have tons of, of, of labs, not just blood, but saliva, urine, stool. I have every, you know, all the labs, I get them done. I shell out lots of money that I don't necessarily always have uh, to spend, but I just make that a priority because I'm quite, quite, um, quite fastidious about, about that sort of thing. So, yeah. Uh, would you like what to share any particular markers? Yeah. Right. What did you notice that changed over time as you took your blood work, went up or down or sideways? Well, the number one thing, uh, and in fact, it was the reason it was the sort of the catalyst that drove me to seek out a dietary change. I had been doing um, what I what I kind of refer to as like a lazy paleo. It was by no means as strict as the whole thirty, but for about a year and a half, I had been doing um, you know no grains, no sugar, um, not even like like very minimal m- amounts of honey. Um, and so even at that, even with that diet, I had somehow developed insulin resistance between. Um, between 2015 and 2013, because I had had blood work from 2013, where my fasting blood glucose was uh, quite normal. It was um, around 80 or 78. Um, So fast forward to November of 2015, or excuse me, fast forward to November of 2014, I was um, seeing a gastroenterologist, and she informed me that my blood glucose was 177. And that was not fasted, but it was about six hours after I'd eaten last. And the last thing I'd eaten was half of a Quest bar. Yeah. And Quest bars are pretty darn low carb, even, um, even in their, with their old formulation, which didn't include allulose, uh, pretty darn low carb. So 177, that was shocking. I immediately began to cry, um, because I knew somehow, I think because growing up with a grandfather with type two diabetes, perhaps I, I just somehow, you know, knew that that was, um, that was a bad thing. And, uh, I, you know, at, from there, I just began, plung- I plunged into, uh, a black hole of researching. And, um, anyway, it took a few months, but after a few months of doing keto, um, you know, pretty strictly, I, uh, and when I say that, I mean, you know, 80% fat, 15% protein and 5% carbohydrate on a daily basis. I, uh, my blood began, my blood glucose began to be in the, um, high, high seventies, low eighties. Um, I was still pretty determined to see it get lower than that. So I just kept, you know, kept trying to play around with things and changed up my exercise. I had been a, um, chronic cardio, um, person. And once I began incorporating heavy lift, uh, weightlifting into my regimen, I, began to see even further improved insulin resistance. So there's quite a synergy between the two. You know, there's a, there's a few different um, lifestyle hacks that I had to make. Yeah. I cut out caffeine completely. Um, Yep. I guess the frustrating thing is you, you, the frustrating thing is uh, you probably thought you're eating pretty well, but you had to eat, uh, you know, even better or you had to be even stricter in order to get the results you wanted. So I'm sure that was like super frustrating exactly. for you. Yeah, on an emotional level, I have to say that that's been still to this day is very frustrating because sometimes you want to just be able to like loosen up a little bit, especially because the the climate, the social climate 
you know, wants you to. There's a lot of pressure just going out to events or going to dinner or going to someone's house for dinner to sort of just loosen up, you know, hey, why don't you just loosen up, Tara, just for a meal? And I have to, you know, I have to put myself first. I have to prioritize my goals. Um, And sometimes that happens at the expense of my relationships. Lots of people, you know, view me as some kind of, um, like friends, you know, will say that they're scared to eat around me. And I, I don't know why, because I certainly don't say anything, but they, it's an, it's some kind of an intimidation factor or something, I guess. Um, but well, yeah, let's, let's you know, the, I, uh, I, I enjoy it. Okay. Well, good. Uh-huh. Well, let's, let's get into the, the keto baking co. So how did it lead to creating this company and what kind of products do you make? Yeah. Okay. So, um, so I have been an avid baker and, uh, you know, cook my entire life. Uh, I created my first recipe when I was three. So I've never been able to follow a recipe, but I like to make my own. Um, so it w- kind of came naturally that I would just, I just, uh, one day I had made a uh, snickerdoodle cookie dough, a ketogenic approved snickerdoodle cookie dough. And um, I was Looking back now, I'm grateful for this, but I, I was um, sort of taking care of my two grandparents with, uh, they both have dementia, Alzheimer's dementia. And my one, my grandfather, he is a stickler for energy use um, in his old age. And so uh, he doesn't, he didn't like to have the oven on. Um, it was, it was Memorial Day. Uh, that was the last year. And so I saw him in the in the kitchen and I said, well, I guess I'll have to put this in the fridge. So I did that. And then three days later, I'd forgotten about that dough and um, I wanted to make a granola recipe. And so I made that um, and he wasn't downstairs in the kitchen that day. So I was free to bake and I popped my head in the kitchen into the refrigerator, the refrigerator and uh, noticed that that dough was there. And I said, oh, gosh, this maybe this is going to go bad or, you know, I I don't, maybe I won't have another opportunity. So I just decided to put the dough on top of the granola because I'm also obsessed with efficiency. Um, So that, that, that was pretty neat. You know, it's pretty neat thing to have come into play because a lot of times um, it ends up, you know, resulting in being overly efficient can result in, um, uh, you know, tossing away attention to detail or something. Uh, so to combine these two things, I put them in the oven and it came out and it was the best tasting thing I'd ever made. So I decided to take it to this Memorial Day picnic and, and feed it to a bunch of 30 people that um, I brought a notebook and I took notes of everyone's response, 30 different people that didn't eat keto. Uh, and they all loved it. So they said anyway. And that's when so they're very, that, that night I called my dad and I said, hey, dad, I've got this money. Um, that I saved up and uh, my grandmother had gifted me some money as well. And I said, I- I'd like to use it to, to start this company. And he said, go for it. Cause if you don't, you're going to regret it for the rest of your life. You know, and I'd, I'd been looking for an excuse to start my own business for a long time. So the next day I filed my LLC and it's been, um, you know, it's been hard work ever since, but Very cool. so far it's been worth it. So what's, what's yeah. the premise of the company? It's just big keto-friendly stuff and sell it, or is it something different from there? Oh, yeah. Well, yes. Um, that would be in a, in a nutshell. It's Right now, we just have one product line, and that is, um, you know, it stemmed from what I created that day. So it's called Grapal. 
cookie granola. Uh, Grapau is like, you know, kapow, but I took granola and combined it with kapow. So it's, you know, the, the, the theme is sort of like comic booky. Um, I say that the tagline is a punch to the palate minus the sugar and the violence. And that's our first product line. We have four different flavors, which is the Snickerdoodle, the peanut butter and jelly thumbprint, which is a cookie I grew up with. Um, And then there's the peanut butter cup and the salted caramel brownie. And um, I have lots and lots of ideas of other product lines. It's just a matter of, uh, you know, I don't have 12 hands, unfortunately. And so we're trying to make roll those out as fast as possible because I... I get very bored very easily. <laughs> I'm always wanted to, wanting to, you know, launch something new, something new, something new. Right, so right. I have to kind of reel myself back. It's, I have a partner now. You know, I have a, I've had a partner since um, probably day 60 uh, who kind of keeps me in line with that. And, um, yeah, but I hope to get to doing some okay. savory stuff at some point. So mm-hmm. what, what is the, the profile of the Grapal and all that stuff look like versus... Um you know, traditional granola or traditional stuff? So traditional uh, granola tends to be, a lot of it tends to be, if you're looking at old-fashioned granola uh, with the rolled oats and the honey and then, you know, like some kind of uh, canola oil or some kind of oil, it tends to be both high fat, like higher fat and very high carbohydrate. Um, the protein is negligible. Uh we, our products are low carb, low carbohydrate. And, you know, of all the, of the three macronutrients, the fat is the highest. And, um, and then the protein is not, I don't want to say negligible, but I keep it low because the ketogenic diet advocates for a moderated protein level. So I thought it was best to keep it lower than even moderate because that way, if someone, Usually, like I know for me in my own diet, I like to prioritize the consumption of um, animal products, of meat, uh, nice, healthy, grass-fed beef, for example. And so I don't, I figure a lot of people in the keto community do the same, and I want them to be able to fit it into their their um, daily macronutrient consumption you know, so that they, so to keep the protein low allows them to do that. Maybe they just need a bit of fat still in their diet. That's usually how I use it is I need, I need some more fat in my diet. I'll eat my Grapel. Um, but there is no human need for carbohydrates. So keeping that low is uh, not a problem. So so what do you do to um, make, make the uh, stuff you make palatable, you know, for in terms of sweetness and, you know, what's like the bulk of the, um, of the food? that you get mostly fat, but again, it tastes good enough to eat. Yeah. Um, so the, well, yeah, definitely the fat helps. We, we don't use, um, butter because at the time when I created the recipes, I was totally dairy free because I was operating on an assumption that I might possibly have a sensitivity to casein, the, uh, chief inflammatory milk protein. Um, so I left butter out and put in coconut oil. Uh, we use organic extra virgin coconut oil, uh, cold pressed sort of stuff, high quality stuff. And uh, I use that. And then I, um, I use a combination of nut butters depending on the, um, depending on the flavor. Um, so those are all, of course, palatable. But also uh, the, the, chief, the chief 
sweetener is erythritol, which is, uh, are you familiar with erythritol at all? Yeah, I've, I've uh, well, seen that. And so, I mean, how, did, how did that compare for you versus sucralose and other sweeteners, by the way? Oh, erythritol versus sucralose, sucralose and other sweeteners? Is that what you said? Yeah, like why erythritol? Why not sucralose or why not you know other sweeteners? What do you like about it? Um, so while sucralose is uh, sucralose and aspartame have been shown to not create a significant, if at all, uh, glucose glycemic response in the body, and they certainly don't hold any glycemic load potential. Um, and they also have been showed, which is even more important to me and most people doing the ketogenic diet, they also don't tend to um, provoke an insulinogenic response. Uh, erythritol does neither of those as well, but it is um, fully natural. It, it naturally, and technically, uh, you know, it has to be somewhat refined because you want, you aren't just going to find a pile of granulated erythritol, you know, in the woods, but it does come from, um, we use non-GMO, it comes from corn, um, and since it is just a, a constituent of corn, I still consider our products to be grain-free, but erythritol is the most, um, I want to say, widely used ketogenic sweetener, aside from stevia and monk fruit, but I would just say erythritol, particularly in baking, because it's granulated, so it gives up, it still allows, to, uh, allows for a bulk sort of um, you know, it's not only taste, but it's functional. It gives bulk to a baked good, whereas if you left it out, you would have a completely different chemical um, process occurring during the, ba the baking. Um, but furthermore, erythritol is, uh, studies have shown that it's naturally occurring in the body, in the human body. And it also uh, seems to have um, some anti-pathogenic um, qualities to it. It seems to act on pathogenic bacteria. I don't know how selective or discretionary it is, but I do know that whenever someone has, uh, because there have been reports of people, I don't, I don't know if you're familiar, but a, a lot of times sugar alcohols, which erythritol is a sugar alcohol, they can give people GI distress. And erythritol is known to be the least distressing or the least commonly distressing um, of them. But when someone does have GI distress as a result of eating erythritol, I usually, the, my, my brain, based on the studies I've read, hypothesizes that that person may or may not, you know, but may have a pathogen. And so it may actually be treating that pathogen and causing a bit of a healing crisis or Herxheimer's reaction. So, um, so yeah, so, it, you know, all the, all the products that we use, I mean, all the, the, the raw ingredients, we, um, uh, very, most of them tend to be both functional as well as, uh, uh, you know, for palate, for the sake of the palate. And I like, I want to keep where, it that way. That's, that's kind of a passion yeah, of mine. Makes sense. So where, where, uh, can people pick up the uh, products? Are they in grocery stores yet or online only or where do they get them? Not yet. Um, are we in grocery stores? We are not. We uh, There are a couple of stores around the country, um, small brick-and-mortar locations that we're wholesaling to, um, and we are open for that if, uh, if any companies are interested. But we, and we do hope to be in larger chain grocery stores. 
However, at this time, uh, most of our sales are coming through our uh, website, e-commerce. Gotcha. So what, what's the next product that you're coming out with? You have the, the Al Granola and what, what other products are out there? What's coming soon? You want to know what, what's coming next? If you're able to say it, yeah. Uh, what, yeah, what do you have right now? How many different products and what are they? And then what's coming next, yeah, if you're able to say. Oh, we have, yeah, we just have the one, like I said, um, we, we just have the one product line that's Grapal Cookie Granola. Um, and we have four different flavors, uh, the Snickerdoodle, the peanut butter and jelly thumbprint, the salted caramel brownie, and the peanut butter cup. Um, next, we are attempting to create, uh, I've been working on it all summer, um, a line of protein cookies. Uh, when I say protein cookie, I don't mean high protein to compete with some of the high protein cookies out there, but more just, just a little bit higher still within a ketogenic uh, ratio range. Um, but we want to make these cookies a bit higher protein. Um, they will not likely be dairy-free, though I've been working on trying to get them to stay that way. Um, <laughs> I don't really want to alienate any of our current customer base, and I'm not sure if any of them are dedicated dairy-free, and that's one of the reasons why they you know, they can continue to come back to us. But um, so, yeah, but I, we're working on that. And then um, there's a few other things that I have in the works. Haven't really been able to play around with recipes yet, but um, I don't really want to give out those details yet, if that's all right. Yeah, I do want to do some savory, some savory things. Hopefully within the next year, we'll have a product that's savory and not sweet. What do you think might be the first savory thing you, you work on, like a soup or something? No, um, since we're a baking company, uh, you know, I wasn't short-sighted when I named the company. I thought really long and hard about, you know, what I what kinds of things I wanted to do. And I really am set on, I, I like to create baked goods. So I'm going to likely, I, I would say that this next, the savory thing is either going to be a um, some kind of a chip or crisp of some kind, uh, or it will be a bread, sort of like an arti- okay. artisanal bread, you know. Right, right. Gotcha. What's, is there like a holy grail product <clears throat> that you'd want to make, but that's very difficult to make keto? Or? Uh, a what type of product? Like a holy grail one, one that you really want to make, but you think might be like really hard to make keto friendly. Oh, hmm. You know, I don't really think of things in terms of what I can't do. I tend to think you glass half full, you know. So I, I guess, um, okay, I do have an answer to that. Um, I am trying to, I am not a fan of isomalto agliosaccharide fiber syrup, which is a common, uh, commonly used. It's, it's found in Quest bars. It's found in um, other products. I'm not a fan of it personally. I find it to be... From studies that I've read, it tends to be insulinogenic, which is, um, you know, counteractive. It's antagonistic toward uh, ketone production. So um, so I don't want to use item, uh, IMO fiber syrup, even though that is kind of like a glue that holds bars together. And I, But I do want to create granola bars as well as, uh, you know, other types of bars. And so that's something I am looking to potentially get in contact with a food scientist to help me get around that. If that makes sense. Yeah, um, I have a couple of ideas of how I could, but I, I'd like to talk with someone about it first, consult with someone first. 
Right. Well, very good. So uh, what's the best way for you know, for people to get in touch and find out more? Um, if people want to get in touch, they can email me at Tara at KetoBakingCo.com. That's T-A-R-A at KetoBakingCo.com. Um, and if they want to check out our products or find out more about the company, um, they can go to www.ketobakingco.com as well as our Instagram is our most, uh, is the social media platform that we pay the most attention to. And that is just simply at Keto Baking Co. Okay. Well, very good. Well, Tara, thanks for being on the podcast and I uh, appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.